You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a little mini-series within Catholic Saints, where we are talking about saints, we are talking about angels, and then other things related to saints and angels. Today, we are talking about relics. My name is Taylor Camp. I'm the director of Formed, and with me is Dr. Elizabeth Klein. Dr. Klein, we're on a roll. Thanks for having me. It's I love relics. great to have you. I'm glad you like relics. What is a relic? So the word relic comes from the Latin word reliqua, which just means remains or things that are left behind. So okay. relics are things that are left behind by our beloved dead. Uh, and so the idea of kind of the left behind things of our beloved dead, I think, has a kind of broad psychological appeal beyond specifically Catholic things. For so sure. like your grandma leaves behind her favorite teacup that you mm -hmm. used to drink out of when you were a little kid, or you have a particular object uh, left behind by a family member that's that's very special to you. Often they're like really random and weird and not necessarily the kinds of things you would expect to be attached to. Uh, and so this uh, is also true for um, the saints, for pe the holy people, and the things that they have left behind have become sort of objects of affection uh, and uh, veneration in the church. Mm -hmm. And so there are, it's important to know that this is like a biblical phenomenon, the idea of like remains uh, being important. I mean, in general, the burial place of saints or lack thereof yeah. is often mentioned. You know, it's yep. mentioned that nobody knows where Moses is buried or where this person is buried. Two kind of like specific relic examples uh, are the, in second Kings 13, the bones of Elisha bring a man back to life. So there's like an invading army and someone like falls into the place where Elisha was buried mm -hmm. and touches the bones and Comes back. Comes back to life. Uh, another example comes from uh, Acts, Acts yep. 19, uh, where it says the handkerchiefs and aprons. I'm not exactly sure like which kinds of things these are, but the handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched <laughs> Paul's skin, uh, touched others and healed them. Uh, and so we have the idea of the power of relics uh, of things uh, left behind by, by the saints. Okay. You're My, convinced. I well am uh, curious. We'll leave it at that. I am convinced because I'm a Catholic, but let's, let's, so, um, are all things left behind by our beloved dead relics or are they only the things of people who are saints? Right. So we probably wouldn't use the word relics to refer to like grandma's teacup, but it's, it's the same but kind of thing. Yep. Uh, but obviously, um, they would not be incorporated into the worship of the church. So yeah. only things left behind by canonized saints would be actually part of sort of the public veneration of the church. So we've talked a lot in the other episodes about what canonization is. It's sort of like official seal of approval of the church mm -hmm. uh, for this person to be incorporated into worship. So that would also include their relics. Yeah. So when we are talking about relics, most of us are thinking, you know, some priests or religious will wear a reliquary cross and that'll have relics or, you know, if you go to this church, there's a relic of this saint and you can go pray there. So let's talk about that. What what are we talking about when we're saying those kinds of relics for the okay. church? Right. So there are different types of relics of holy, the holy dead. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the uh, what is called a first class relic is actually a part of their body. Okay. So Bone, bones, skin, skin, hair, something, some part of their body is a first hands. class relic. Uh, a second class relic is something that they use during their life. 
So, you know, maybe the habit of a religious or something. And then a third class relic is something that's touched the bones of a saint or the part of the body of a saint. So you have classification of relics. Um, So if I can, can I tell some relic stories? Please. Okay. Well, I have two relic stories. One is that I like already loved relics way before I was Catholic. Why? That's I don't know. Isn't it thing. weird? Relics it are kind weird. of weird. Yeah, they're and super my weird. First Most ex- people really don't like them. Well, my first exposure to relics, I was like super weirded out. I had this friend in like my dorm room in first year of college who was like uber Catholic, like giant Marian poster on his wall, like whatever. And he had a relic of Padre Pio's habit. Uh, Sweet. And he told me, he was like all excited about it. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And I don't know what habit is. That is weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, but then as I came to know some of the saints, especially theologians, uh, the fact that like their burial place and their bodies were in like places of honor and I could go visit them was like super sweet. Super cool. So when I graduated from undergraduate, I took a trip to Europe and I specifically went to the south of France to visit Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, I've been uh, there. And dragged my like evangelical buddy with me. Uh, but I was like super bummed because it's not an operational it's church. Terrible. It's in a museum. It's like there's no one there. He was like kind of under this weird like side altar thing. I've been there, yeah. And I remember literally thinking, this is me like probably 10 years before I became Catholic, but I was like, I could just get a first clack relic right now. Yeah. I could just open this box and take something out. No one's watching me. <laughs> where, where, I did not where, do that. Because where is it? Toulouse? It's in Toulouse. Okay, so we went there two years ago and we went there. <laughs> I was with two very good Dominican priest friends who Dominicans, St. Thomas was a Dominican. So yeah, they, they were very excited. And we got there and they were like setting up a, like a concert. Yeah, there was the a church. there was a modern photography exhibit uh, there when I was there. Anyway, this is anyway, all to say, join my campaign to get Thomas Aquinas moved somewhere We've been better. thinking the same campaign. We need movement. <laughs> we need a movement. We need support. Bring him to America. Bring him to Help America. Take him to America. anywhere else. I was like, man, okay. Okay, that's my one story. My it's other, great to go pray there, yes. My other story is about my favorite second class relic. Okay. So this is a signature of St. Augustine. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Does that even count? I don't know. It's his signature. He wrote it. He did write it. I think okay. it's a second class relic. I think it counts. So, Do you have it? I do not have it. Oh. Oh my gosh. I don't have it. It's in a museum in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and so for a long time, no one had no one had examined the manuscript because it's in like the Kremlin or something. So no one had been there. Uh, and more recently, I think <laughs> in the early thousand, 2000s, a scholar went and like examined the manuscript uh, and argued that it was an authentic autograph of St. Augustine. So it, it seems to be like the set of stuff he sent to his friend Simplicianus, like the original document. Mm-hmm. So it's got the letter to Simplicianus, the answer to Simplicianus' questions, and an unfinished copy of the De Doctrina. Wow. So he's like, hey, check this out. Let me know what you think. Uh, and he signed it, uh, Augustine, pray for me a sinner. Uh, That's cool. And so when they, but when the scholar went to look at the signature and like examine the manuscript, he was like, oh, this signature is like so faded. Like, that's really weird. Why is it so much more faded than the rest of the manuscript? And he realizes because people were venerating it. Whoa. Sweet. I know you probably can't see this relic. I probably never will either, but. You can't like find pictures of it or anything? You can find pictures oh, of it. I just okay. meant you can't, you can't probably like, can't go yeah, no, probably and not. see it in person. That's okay. super cool. So, so that's my side relic story. That's a, that's a cool relic story. My cool relic story is we, my family and I had the great uh, privilege of going to Rome not too long ago. And my eldest daughter is named Agnes and we went to the church of St. Agnes and her skull is there. Uh, and Agnes died as a young girl, uh, in the early church. And so we go to this church and it's this tiny little skull. And 
um, we go and, and we venerate um, the St. Agnes' skull, the relic. And I, I kind of back up and my wife and uh, my daughter, Agnes, and then my, um, <laughs> my mother-in-law was there. And I back up and I take a picture of this. And then I go to the hotel room later and I want to send out the picture to like some friends and family. And I pull up the picture and I look at it. I'm like, oh, this is going to come across as the weirdest thing ever. My th- two and a half year old is like right under this like little skull <laughs> like praying. And I was like, I can't send this to some people. But <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. And my daughter loved it. But it was so I was like, I can see how this might seem very this weird. This is a good transition into like relics are weird or like, yeah, what, <laughs> what, what is it with Catholics and bones yes. and skulls? And why would we have yeah. uh, these things? Okay, so, so why relics? it seems weird. But as a scholar of the church, I can tell you that it's actually awesome. Uh, because relics really profess Christian belief in the resurrection of the body. Okay. Uh, because we believe that people are not, like our bodies are not just shells. It's not just we just die and our spirit goes off to somewhere, right? But that at the end of the time, we're going to get our bodies back. Mm-hmm. And so when we approach the relic of a saint, we believe in some real way that that is the saint, that that is that person, uh, and that we can have that kind of intimate contact uh, and relationship with him, with him or her. And so I was saying in the last episode that kind of uh, praying to the saints is one of the most tangible signs of our belief in heaven. I think our veneration of relics is our one of our most tangible signs of our belief in the resurrection of the dead. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I think that this was actually really obvious in the early church because it turns out that not only modern people think it's weird, but Romans also thought that relics were really weird. Sure. Uh, the idea of bringing like bones into into a city, like into the place where people are alive, Mm -hmm. this is seen as like crossing a boundary that you should not cross. So for Romans, like the dead were buried in necropolises, cities of the dead. Mm -hmm. And you might go visit like the city of the dead and like make an offering or like say a prayer or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you don't like, they don't, you don't mix, uh, mix the realms. Uh, And so in the fourth century, when they start bringing relics into churches, this is like a really big statement about mm. sort of Christians' belief in like life after death uh, and the resurrection, which is very different from other uh, ancient religions. Um, so it's actually very cool. And it is, the body matters. And relics are very ancient. So this is not some like medieval thing. Not that medieval stuff is bad. I love medieval stuff. But this is <laughs> this is attested very early. So the idea of um, sort of collecting the relics of a saint and uh, revisiting their place of where they died uh, is found in the martyrdom of Polycarp, which is either a second or a third century um, Christian martyrdom story. Uh, And it says that they would go back on the anniversary of his death date, his birthday into heaven, Mm -hmm. so his feast day, uh, uh, to offer prayers. And sort of visiting the tombs of the martyrs uh, was, you know, well established by the third century. Uh, and so this is something that Christians have been doing uh, for a very long time. We're kind of integral, uh, integral part. The body matters. The body does matter. It really is important because that is not, uh, you know, that that is not always believed in terms of our sort of uh, living bodily state. And it's also, it's not true that even after one dies that their body does not matter, that the soul has departed from the body, but that that soul, the soul and body will be reunited in the resurrection. And so the body remains valuable even after death. Okay. So this is a really important point, but also leads to another question about relics. It does. Was... Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird relic stuff and we divide up people's bones and we divide up their bodies between churches. Yes. Um, and there are definitely some things that 
I think are a little extreme and abuses of relics. Certainly they were sold and some things have multiple heads and so, you know, stealing relics. So these things definitely happen. There are definitely abuses of relics, definitely councils that talked about abuses of relics. Uh, But why is it okay to divide up the body of a saint um, when, for example, the church does not normally allow cremation? Yes. Okay. So... One thing I would say, like cremation versus dividing up relics, is that cremation actually usually is for like the opposite reason of respect for the body. It's usually like, well, the body doesn't really- Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. It doesn't really matter. We'll just spread the ashes um, because this person is not released from their body Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't matter where their body goes. Uh, And so that's the opposite of the meaning of dividing the relics of a saint, which is like, this is the body of a very holy person and I want to put it in a place of honor and Mm -hmm. I want to be close to it. Uh, So the kind of opposite meanings. The other thing is about canonized saints is that they have been sort of declared by the authority of heaven and earth to be incorporated into the worship of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for that reason, there's a kind of special license to share the saints uh, for the purpose of worship. And there's just like not enough relics for every single church to have one unless we shared sort of the relics of the saints. And people may not know this, but every altar either in the altar stone or under the altar has a relic in it. And in the East, it'd be in the altar cloth. And so something I was reflecting on um, while writing the book on the saints, which I can mention again at the end, but uh, was, you know, at, at the Eucharist, we have the true presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. But with the idea of relics and the relics being in the altar, we also have like a true presence of the mystical body Hmm. Uh, because the Eucharist is both the body of Christ uh, in the sense of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, but it's also the body of Christ in the sense of the mystical body. It's the true Mm -hmm. uh, representation of the church. It's the true communion of the church, as we call it communion, Mm -hmm. uh, because in it we receive sort of our own true selves. We receive communion with our brothers and sisters. Uh, And so that aspect of the Eucharist, it seems to me, is represented very powerfully by Mm -hmm. the the true real presence of of relics. relics at mass. And so yep. they're kind of incorporated in, in this, in this special way. I like that a lot. Good. I'm glad you like my explanation. I do like your explanation. And I think it's worth reiterating, especially in relation to cremation. So obviously that is a sensitive topic. The church has, uh, very heavily dissuaded. I don't know if the church has officially said you, you cannot, but they no. have said like, you shouldn't. Um, and, and they said most importantly, because the argument is not you know, if you cremate and spread the ashes, that somehow it's out of God's power to bring the soul and body together. It's not that. It's that it's a practice that erodes at our belief in um, the 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 reuniting of body and soul at the general resurrection at the end of time. Um, and it's good. Yeah, and to be clear, the church does like does allow cremation. Yes, it's supposed to be in um, sort of circumstances of necessity. So there are circumstances of necessity, like there are places in the world where it's very difficult to bury bodies, mm-hmm. or there may be a severe financial constraint on a family. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's you know completely forbidden. But as yep. as Taylor's saying, it, they've discouraged the faithful from doing this because um, it can give the appearance yeah. of uh, lack of belief in resurrection of the body. In so these yeah, so very helpful qualifier. And then, so, you know, kind of like, well, why not cremation, but it's okay to then spread the, the relics of a saint. 
is what is most fundamentally behind it, where one, um, at least the majority of the time, is a kind of getting rid of and then spreading or dissolving of the material remains of this person when the other is we are spreading uh, for worship and because it is increasing the faith of the presence of this person in heaven. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a totally different motivation, which is really like Christ is always calling us to examine our hearts. It matters mostly why we do a thing, a mm -hmm. little less of like sometimes the form it takes, although that certainly matters too. Um, but that that is the fundamental difference. Yeah. That was one of the best explanations I've heard because that, that has come up a lot actually. Yeah, and, and also historically speaking, if you're the kind of uh, tradition person, it, by the fourth century, the relics of saints were already being distributed among churches. So St. Augustine wasn't like super into relics and miracles, but his church received some um, relics of St. Stephen and he experienced many healings from mm. uh, the Shrine of the Relics. He became a big relics fan by the time he was uh, towards the end of his life. So when we're talking about, you know, kind of like, you know, this might not be the best way to say it, like the power of relics, like why, why pray? Is it, is it just the same as praying to the saint? Yeah. It's just dinner. You're just asking for their prayers. I mean, you can think about it. If we're thinking about a comparison to the true presence, I mean, all of us know that God is present in the whole universe. Yeah. Uh, right? But he promises to be truly present in a specific way in the Eucharist. So if we think, of course, we can pray to a saint no matter where we mm -hmm. are. And lots of people have experienced powerful um, experiences and healings through the prayers of the saints. But there is a particular sort of power and beauty to the true presence of that that saint's body and, and being, yep. being close to them. And so, and if you think about like sort of the honor paid to relics is also sometimes maybe a problem that people have, either Protestants or otherwise. Uh, but again, this is kind of a beautiful example of the belief in the resurrection, because what do we it do is. with the bodies of someone that we love, right? We we hug them, we, mm -hmm. we uh, honor them. If there's someone really important, like, I don't know, the president, right? Mm -hmm. You might do some physical act of, mm -hmm. of veneration. I don't know. Americans aren't really into that, but no, if you were the king, so. if you were the king in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> medieval England, right? Someone, they, they would kneel to you. Yeah. Not or like when the coffin passes, they would like touch the coffin. Or right. Yeah. Right. And so we believe it's their actual body. It's not just a shell that they've left behind. And so mm -hmm. um, treat it as the actual body of the person. Delightful. Do you have any, any final comments? No, for the audience just on that. Relics? Relics was not a stumbling block for me in my conversion. Love relics. Relics, relics are, awesome. are great. And you can find them um, around. Don't buy them. But uh, it's great. <laughs> if you come visit us at the Augustine Institute, we have relics of Augusta and Monica in our chapel. That's true. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Klein. Thanks. All righty, everybody. We will see you next time on Catholic Saints. Thank you for being a dedicated listener to the Catholic Saints podcast. Your support truly uplifts us. For those seeking additional thought-provoking content, go to formed.org. It's a platform brimming with resources, including insightful videos that align seamlessly with our podcast's themes. If you're finding value in our podcast, please consider taking a moment to leave us a review. Your feedback serves as a cornerstone for our growth and outreach.